Good morning. This is Tim Good with the Impact Zone and Impact Training Academy. And this is episode number 11. Hard to believe that we've been doing this, or I've been doing this, for a couple months now. And uh, telling you what I do and how I teach kids. And this is actually the fifth episode with um, the five essential things that, five essential skills that kids need to learn. And today we will talk about object manipulation. All right, so when I was growing up, um, part of of growing up, um, there wasn't TV and radio and everything that we have today that can hold our attention. So you had to go outside and do things. My earliest memories were outside riding the bike, weeding, you know, getting the dandelions. So I I was outside working, feeding the dog. Um, When we moved to the city, um, everyone around me had kids. So I was outside playing with the kids. And that's probably where I learned and developed a lot of my skills because I was outside playing the sport of the season. Um, my my love was baseball, so most of the summer we and you know late spring we played baseball, and I can remember being gone early in the morning, and we just had to find a field, and we would make bases and play baseball with all the neighbor neighbor kids. And we were gone um, until we got hungry. Then we'd all go home and eat and then go back and play some more. If we weren't playing the sport of the season, we were there was woods near us. And we were out in the woods riding our bikes, sledding, climbing trees, making forts. A lot of those things, they all developed skills that I have today. Um, we played and used our imagination. We were active and that's what I want kids to to do today is be active and I try to give them fun games. A lot of what I teach are through games and as much as object manipulation is the last skill that kids need to learn outside of their gross motor skills, their strength, their coordination, their flexibility. Object manipulation is by far the most fun. Who doesn't like to have a ball in your hand and kick it and throw it and play with friends with a ball? But it doesn't have to be a ball. A lot of the object manipulation I do with kids is just something for their hands. We can pretend a noodle is something we can throw and kick and we can organize it by color and shape. And there's a lot of things you can do with equipment that is not a ball related to a sport. And that's a lot of my program. And one of the reasons why I teach through games is because a lot of the kids that I teach, they may or may not like sports. They might have other interests. So they have to develop those skills that will help them in the long term 
Because for one thing, even if they do play sports, 80% of kids, by the time they are 13 years old, they quit. They, they're no longer fun. Um, but it's also getting a lot more competitive. So if you're not very good at something, who wants to keep playing it? Who wants to keep, even if they don't tell you you're not good, if you're sitting on the bench watching, you know that you're not as good as everybody else. So if you're if you learn to be active early, if you learn to have fun, if you learn to do things like riding your bike, <clears throat> going on hikes and walks and you know swimming, all those things, there might be sports related to those, but you can do those well into you know 60s, 70s, whatever um, as part of lifetime fitness. So today is object manipulation, and we are going to talk about manipulative skills. It's kind of a hard word to say, and there are a lot of them, but it doesn't have to be manipulating a football, soccer ball, baseball, tennis ball, Uh, So, and the list goes on. Um, So I want to go through the list of all the different manipulative skills that you could possibly have and develop. You have catching. Do you have to catch a baseball? Maybe you're catching a plate that you drop or a piece of paper that you drop. So there are are skills that are related beyond sports. You have dribbling, whether you're dribbling with your hands or your feet. You've got kicking, punting, striking, a lot of different ways that you can strike. Um, because you have both hands and feet that you can strike something with. And striking is another word of hitting. You cannot only just strike with your hands and feet if you have a bat, a tennis racket, a golf club. Those are all things that you strike with. Then you have volleying, tossing, tossing. You've got under or throwing, tossing. Typically, you think of underhand, throwing, overhand, but those are both skills that you need to be able to do. And we have right side and left side. We have a dominant part of our body, so we are either naturally right-handed or left-handed. But what about being able to do something with the opposite side of the body? And a lot of times, if you just practice the opposite side of the body, your dominant side is going to get better. But that's part of developing the whole person and and getting those neurological responses from the brain to the rest of the body all in sync. And starting early on, just taking throwing skills into effect. Um, Toddlers... Early threes, a lot of times when we are, did I say, did I three, say throwing? I meant catching. Catching skills, um, a scarf is very, very easy for them, for the most part, to catch. And they float, they're slow, so it gives, they're, they're using their eyesight to see the object, and then their brain has to tell their hand to catch it. So they're... There is a delayed response, but it helps them develop 
catching and tracking. So with a with a scarf, you can catch with your right hand, you can catch with your left hand, you can catch it with um, two hands, one hand, you can throw it up into the air, jump and catch it. You can throw, clap and catch. You can throw, spin and catch. So there's a lot of different things that you can do with just a scarf developing, throwing and catching. And then if you go from a scarf to something a little bit harder or not harder, skill wise harder, but it doesn't float in the air, which could be a bandana, which they um, gravity pulls them down faster. And then you have a ball or a noodle. So there's a lot of things that children can practice throwing and catching. Dribbling. Now, a lot of times we we can dribble with the feet and but it doesn't have to be a soccer ball. It could be any kind of ball, or it could be a little cut noodle. All you're trying to, all I, we want the kids to do is to be able to move it with their feet with control. And a lot of, especially with preschool age, you're working on the neural development from the brain and tracking and the feet doing what your brain tells it to do. And it takes practice. It's more than just kicking a ball and then chasing after it. It's to try and control. So if you have, if you're working on dribbling skills with your feet, first you want to just try to do it without any obstruction. Just teaching your brain and your feet to work together to move an object. Then you can put cones down and move around cones. You can go slower faster, backwards, sideways. And then again with your hands, even though a lot of times children can't dribble like you would in basketball, they have to do two hands where they bounce and catch, bounce and catch and get comfortable with that. Because a lot of times what happens is their feet get in the way. And so you have to be able to adapt where they're just using two hands, bouncing and catching, and then maybe they can bounce and catch and walk a little bit. And then eventually get the coordination to dribble and move with one hand. Uh, we already talked about dribbling with the feet and kicking. Kicking is a striking skill. And you can. Uh, kids love just to kick and chase, which is great because it also works on their aerobic development. But more than just kicking and chasing, you can actually have them kick a ball and try to like, quote, score a goal. And you can have a couple of cones down where they have to try to kick the ball and get it between the cones. And then you can move the clones, cones closer together. And they're still trying to control the ball and get it between the cones. The... And then you can put the cones down and just kind of a challenge for them. They have to kick their ball and knock the cones down. Now, typically what happens, especially if they're younger, they might pick the ball up and set it down next to the cone, kick the ball to knock the cone down, which is it's just part of the process because they haven't developed the skill 
to knock the cone down from a distance. So that's all right if it all helps to get them to develop that kicking skill. Um, punting is quite a bit different because they are they have to learn how to drop something and then kick it. Um, I like to use cut noodles for this because they're soft and they don't go very far when they when they punt them. But for a child to drop an object and then punt it with their their foot, that is a definite practiced skill. It takes time. And again, right, right foot, left foot, practicing both sides of the body. Initially, you just want them to try and punt it. It doesn't matter how they do it, just the process of learning how to drop an object and then punt it with the foot and not the knee or the shin. So that it's a skill. It takes time. Striking. Now we've already talked about kicking. Striking um, is a kicking skill, but also with your hands. Striking a noodle, striking a ball, um, hand-eye coordination, striking right hand, striking left hand. Then now striking is one thing because you're just trying to hit an object. Volleying is not just striking the object, but striking the object and controlling it. So that like in a beach ball, we'll use beach balls, trying to keep the beach ball up in the air. You could actually, if you think about the opposite side of a volleying where it's going up in the air, when you dribble a basketball, you're actually doing the opposite of volleying it down. So that one actually is um, easier than striking something up in the air and then trying to control it and keep it um, so that you're not chasing after it all the time. <clears throat> all right, tossing underhand. This is also underhand rolling and learning how to, it's easy for kids to toss underhand. It's, it's a harder skill to learn how to roll a ball because especially when they're younger, a lot of times that roll is more of an underhand throw with a lot of bounces. So teaching the kids how to get low enough to roll the ball. Um, I actually, when I teach the underhand rolling skill, we actually sit down with our legs in a V and we kind of underhand roll it slash push it. And then we get on our knees and then we'll use two hands to start with. And then if the ball is small enough, you can use one hand. But then you have the accuracy issue of trying to get it to a target, whether it's a partner, between cones, between noodles. And then overhand throwing and um, Again, easy. Kids love to just throw and chase. When you start adding a target, whether it's throwing to you, throwing to, to a cone, throwing to a spot on the wall, um, that adds the difficulty level. But object manipulation, there are a lot of skills that go with that. I incorporate that with all the other skills we talked about. Um, so for instance, if you're throwing um, using gross motor skills, you might throw and gallop after your ball, throw and 
skip after your ball, throw and run, which is the easiest, throw and hop, which is much slower. So any of these object manipulation skills that you're practicing, you can add gross motor skills with it. Um, but also part of the class is not just the gross motor skills, the coordination, and that actually goes with object manipulation if you're throwing and catching and trying to manipulate a ball or an object, doesn't have to be a ball. So it, it takes some coordination, like punting. There's a lot of coordination. Throwing up in the air and catching, there's some coordination involved with that. <clears throat> and then, so strength, flexibility. A lot of times the classes that I do, we add object manipulation to the end of the class. We get through all the other things. For example, we might do a story that includes gross motor skills. And then we'll do exercises that include not just strength, but also flexibility. And then a lot of times the object manipulation will go with coordination where we're doing an activity, some type of a game, where the kids have to use coordination and object manipulation together. All right, well. <clears throat> this was a much longer one than I, I think this is my longest episode. There's a lot involved with object manipulation, and I would love to help you. If you have any questions for me, you can email me at impactouryouth at gmail.com, impactouryouth at gmail.com. You can contact me on my website, impactyouthfitness.com, or through this site. Um, uh, not all the podcasts, this goes out to several different areas, so not all of them have a way to send me a message, but I would love to hear from you. Let me know, if you teach kids, what are you doing for object manipulation? What are some problems that you have had, and how have you... How have you overcome them with the kids? Let me know. I want to hear from you. And it will also help me maybe in future episodes on what to talk about. So I am signing out for today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me. Keep active. Now we talked about 80% of the kids by the time they're 13 drop out of sports. One parent also makes kids 80% more likely to stay active, active for a lifetime. That's what I want you to do. Have fun with your kids. Play games with them. Do something that will keep them active for a lifetime. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome rest of your day.